1: Well, welcome back to Training for Manhood, a podcast exploring the concepts of what it means to be a man. Again, I'm Dan Panetti, your host on this journey, and it's just me again uh, in studio. Uh, as I said, we're, we're going to have some other guests on here. I just wanted to lay some foundations in the first couple uh, of shows uh, just to talk about um, why we're talking about this idea of manhood uh, and who we're talking to. And that's what I want to do this week. I want to talk about just the idea of uh, who's the intended or target audience for the podcast? I get asked that all the time as I uh, was talking about this idea that I'm, I'm doing a Training for Manhood podcast, and people are like, well, who's it Who's it for? And I want to just tell you, my intended audience is primarily males, but but females can listen as well, right, and enjoy the conversation because I know there's a lot of uh, young ladies out there who are looking for a godly man, and, and uh, you know, they see a lot of boys, right, 25-year-old boys, 35-year-old boys, 45-year-old boys, and they're wondering... Am I missing something? Are, are those men? Is that what it means to be a man? And uh, and I know that uh, uh, you know, ladies, you can listen as well and uh, and, and ex- enjoy the conversation. But but really, uh, the idea is right that guys. I'm talking to you. Uh, I'm talking to guys who want to be men, who desire to be men, uh, who are looking for uh, some training, some discipleship, some mentorship, uh, and maybe there isn't a guy around you right now that can do that. Uh, and and you can use this podcast as an opportunity. Uh, to begin to get some uh, principles that you can begin to put uh, into practice. Now, if you'll notice, I'm using specific language, right? I'm talking about males and females, and I'm I'm trying not to use the word man, right, to describe every person who's a male, because I said in the first podcast I don't think that all males will become men, right? And uh, and we're gonna we're gonna un un you know unpack that as we go and wrestle with that. I'm not talking about the idea though that. Uh, you know, anything with a a gender dysphoria thing, right? I'm not talking about ladies, you need to become men. Um, Manhood, right, is a a particular um, institution uh, for guys who are male, Um, you know, and it's an opportunity for males uh, to grow up into men. Uh, They start as boys, I started as a boy, Um, but uh, there's a lot of guys who've come along and trained me and helped me uh, and pushed me towards the, uh, the concept of manhood. Uh, and I've begun to put those uh, principles into practice, and have moved towards manhood, right? And uh, and I've tried to train some others as well. And so, really, our primary audience is for males who desire to be men. And you may be thinking, well, it, isn't that everybody, right? Isn't isn't every male desire to be a man? Uh, and I think the reality of that answer is no. Uh, it's not. It, it kind of reminds me, and and you know the uh, um, the story. Uh, I had to kind of look it up um, just to remind myself. But Peter Pan right? Did you know Peter Pan is also known as the boy who wouldn't grow up, right? That's actually the the title of it It says Peter Pan, the boy who wouldn't grow up. All right. And that's just, you know, the idea that there is a life out there um, that's all about um, being fun and exciting and self-centered and uh, being irresponsible, doing whatever you want, whenever you want it, right? Just, you know, careless and carefree. Uh, And I think there's a, a large group of our society today um, that would love to be Peter Pan, right? That would, would love never to grow up, would love never to move from boyhood into manhood. Um, but the problem is, right, they keep getting older. And so those boys at age 12, right, we, we can live with, right? Um, but the idea of those boys at age 20, at age 25, at age 30, at age 50, right? Can I tell you, those, those boys, those Peter Pan boys are just annoying to be around, you know, it's funny Is I'm uh, currently reading Dan Crenshaw's book Fortitude. Right. And Crenshaw is the uh, uh, former Navy SEAL um, who is now a congressman from Texas. And he's uh, writing a book about the outrage culture and just, you know, the immaturity of so many people uh, to be outraged, to be hurt, to be offended by so many things. And his book Fortitude really is, is a concept uh, that he's trying to uh, deal with, that, uh, that there's a different way of doing life. And one of the things I love is a statement he puts in there is uh, that he's just a common man with an uncommon desire to succeed. And I love that concept. Right. Man should be manhood should be a goal uh, for every male. Um, But you know what? It's not that there's something uh, unusual about the concept of manhood. Right. It is just the common uh, desire. Right. Of a common man. Right? who who simply wants to be uh, all that God has intended for him to be. And so what it boils down to is just uh, maturity, um, of putting into principle uh, those ideas and those principles um, that, uh, that we're going to talk about. Uh, and it's it's not, right, staying a kid forever and avoiding responsibility and always about having fun and being the center of attention. right? That's what life is not about. Uh, it may have been about that in the old, right? When you were younger, uh, but the idea is, uh, that your desire should be to be a man. Now, what does it mean to be a man? Um, it's interesting. Um, I love reading some you know, books and some poems and some different things where they talk about manhood. And, and there's one, a really famous one by uh, Rudyard Kipling, uh, titled If, right? You probably know it. Uh, it says, a uh, um, cu- couple of the famous lines, it says, uh, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, Uh, or the famous line a little bit later on, it says, if you can dream uh, and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same. And then he finishes his poem with this line that says, yours is the earth and everything in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. And so Kipling's really writing about the idea of what, is it, what does it mean to be a man, right? At the end, this is what he says, right? You're, you're going to be a man if you can do these things, right? And it's definitely one concept of manhood, right? It's a, it's a man who takes a risk. He, he does great things. He follows his dreams, right? But I'm just kind of wondering, right, is, is that really what it means to be a man, right, is, is being a man really just about taking great risk, right, about, you know, putting it all on the line and letting it go. And then if you lose it, hey, you can go back and, and make more, right, because that's one of the things that Kipling writes about. Um, I want to explore a, a different uh, person. He's a, a British-born uh, American poet named um, Edgar A. Guest. And he wrote a poem called Answering Him. And it takes into, some, uh, takes into question some of the concepts I, I want to go with. So listen to me read you this poem. It's pretty short, um, but it has some great concepts. He says this. When shall I be a man, he said, as I was putting him to bed? How many years will have, will have to be before time makes a man of me? And will I be a man when I am grown up big? I heaved a sigh because it called for careful thought to give the answer that he sought. And so I sat him on my knee and said to him, a man you'll be when you've learned that honor brings more joy than all the crowns of kings, that it is better to be true to all who know and trust in you than all the gold of earth to gain, if winning it shall leave a strain. When you can fight for victory, sweet, yet bravely swallow down defeat and cling to hope and keep the right, nor use deceit instead of might. And when you are kind and brave and clean and fair to all and never mean, when there is good in all that you plan, that day, my boy, you'll be a man. And so Guest explores this concept of what it means to be a man. And and honestly, I, I agree with a lot of what he said, because first he said that, Reaching manhood isn't about reaching a certain age, right? When his, when his son asks him as he's putting him to bed, how many years, right, will I have to be right before I'm a man? And, and he doesn't answer. He doesn't say, well, son, at, at age 18, you're a man, or at age 21, or, you know, when you get your first car, or, uh, you know, when you kiss your first girl, or when you can go off to war, all of those things, right, are not concepts of what it means to be a man, right? And the, the reality is, is right, age is just an older version of what you already are. So if you're a boy at age 12 and you're 24, you can be a 24-year-old boy, right? If you're a man, right, you can be a a 12-year-old, right, with the principles of manhood that you're already starting to practice. And so age isn't about it, right? He writes about some different concepts that he puts forth. And uh, the words that I picked out of here were honor, humility, and honesty, which would have made, Guest uh, guest a great uh, Baptist preacher because, right, those three things start with H. So you can make a neat sermon out of that. But honor, humility, and honesty, right? And that's the goal of this podcast is to begin to wrestle with some of these principles, right? What are the principles of manhood and, and, and how do we begin to practice them? And, and those are three great principles, right? Honor, humility, and honesty, right? Understanding, right, that uh, that that honor, right, is something, respect is something, right, that you need to uh, desire that other people give you and you need to give to those people uh, in, in appropriateness as well. Humility, right, the, uh, the idea, right, that, uh, that you are not the center of the universe, right, and, and you get to learn to uh, treat other people uh, better than yourself. Honesty, right, just that idea that you need to be a man of integrity, right, and those principles uh, are all important concepts and, and, and things that you need to begin to wrestle through, um, it takes me back to a conversation I had with uh, with a young man. We were talking about just life, and uh, he was talking about a, a girl that he's been dating for just over a year. And so I asked him the question. I you know, I often ask guys and as they're in those situations, and I just said, "Hey, when do you when do you think you're going to um, you know ask her to to marry you? Right? When do you think you're going to propose?" And he said this. He said, "Well, I'm not I'm not ready to be married." He said, "I need to be financially secure before I get married." And so I, I thought about that, and I was like. You know what? Let me let me just ask you a question in a different way. I said, let's let's say that you're dating my daughter and you're wanting to get married. And so you're going to come sit down in my living room and you're going to say, hey, Mr. Panetti, I'd like to I'd like to marry your daughter. And uh, and let me just tell you right off the bat that I'm financially secure. So I, I think I can provide for your daughter. Right. Because I've got money in the bank. And I said that to him. and He looked at me and he goes, oh, OK, OK, I get it. He goes, You're probably more concerned with my character and my spiritual life than you are concerned with how much money I have in the bank. And it began to dawn on him that, yeah, you know what? That's probably more important from a father's standpoint of somebody who's going to provide for his daughter, right? That the provision for my daughter, right? The most important thing isn't going to be, right, whether you're providing for her financially, but whether you're taking care of her as a young lady, whether you're being a man. And, and the idea that I don't want you to miss is uh, I'm not saying it's not important not to have money in the bank, right? But I'm more concerned if if uh, if you can work hard and if you're a wise steward of the money that you have in the bank, right? You may have millions in the bank and 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 lose it all because you're not a good steward of it. So the idea is that I want you to think about this concept of what does it truly mean to be a man? And then as you think about that concept, right, you begin to wrestle with the ideas of, manhood isn't about certain things, right? And a lot of those things that we've kind of heard, right, manhood's about a particular age, it's about a particular stage in life that you reach, it's about things that you have. Uh, But I often say, right, that the castle doesn't make the king. It's not about your surroundings that make you a man, it's about what's inside of you. It's about your character, it's about the decisions that you make that grow from, right, who you are inside. And so let me ask you another uh, important question, and I often pose this Uh, to high school seniors as I talk to seniors, I talk to them and and basically say, listen, at at the end of your life, right, let's say you live a a great life and (laughs) you've been, um, you know, hugely successful uh, in in a particular area in life. But if I I had to tell you that um, you could be successful in one area of your life, but you had to be a failure in another area, and those two areas are family and business, right? If you had to be uh, successful in one, but a failure in the other, which one would you choose? Right? if you had to be successful in business, but that meant that your family would fall apart, or if you had to be successful in your family and be a wonderful husband and a wonderful father and your family would be great, but that meant right, that you'd be a failure in business. Right, If that was the reality at the end of your life, which one would you choose? And I work with a group of high school students who are you know, primarily Christians, and so they know the right answer. Right, They know the right answer is to, is to choose family as the one that you'd be successful in uh, and be a failure at business. But then I pose the question to them. I say, you know, as they're high school seniors, hey, listen, what are you guys going to do for the next four years of your life? And they think about it and like, well, we're, you know, we're heading off to college. It's like, well, what's college going to train you in? And they realize, you know what? College is going to be four years where I'm going to invest a lot of time and a lot of money into being trained into a particular profession. Right. Uh, I'm going to go get, you know, a business degree, what I got out of college, right? I'm going to go learn about how to be successful in business. And so the reality is, is I'm going to spend the next four, right, maybe six, seven, eight years of my life being trained in a particular profession. So the idea that I would be a failure in a professional sense, right, I'm putting time and energy, money, resources, and attention toward the goal of not failing. And then I ask them, what are you going to do for the next four years, so that you're not a failure in family, right? You've already told me that for the next four years, you're going to be trained, right, in a particular profession. And so the idea is that, right, you're going to go out and you're going to be successful uh, in that particular profession because you've got training and you've got uh, resources and you've got dedication and time and attention put toward that. But it's amazing how during that same time, Right? a lot of young people won't put any attention into developing their character, into developing themselves as a godly young man or a godly young woman so that they can attract right, a godly young man or a godly young woman and put together a wonderful family and begin to have kids. right. And the idea of actually succeeding in family is almost something like it's it's supposed to just sort of happen. And I think that's the problem that we have is, succeeding as a man, we just sort of take for granted as if it's just going to happen, as if year after year, I'm going to simply become more of a man, right? I think about that idea of, you know, I, I used to uh, take piano. I took piano for one year. Uh, and at the end of that year, my uh, my piano teacher went to my parents and he said, you know, little little Danny here, he's done with his piano career. And so that that year was it. And, uh, and I moved on to other uh, adventures. But let's just say that that I kept on taking piano. Let's just say that I've studied piano for the last 30 years of my life. If I sat down at a piano and I said to you, you know what, I've taken piano lessons for 30 years, how good do you think I would be? Now, that's an interesting question, right? I I, I may be great, I may be a concert pianist, or I, I may simply just be okay, but the idea is if all I know is chopsticks after 30 years, that'd be a real disappointment, wouldn't it? And I think that's the concept. Right without practicing, without training, without mentorship and discipleship in manhood, um, a lot of people have spent 30 years growing, but they haven't really spent 30 years maturing. I think about training uh, when I go to Scripture. There's a great verse in First Timothy, uh, First Timothy 4:8, where Timothy is writing about how um, training in godliness is really important. He actually says this. He says, "Rather train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness." is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And so he really wants you to train yourself. The word he uses is really interesting. It's a word uh, gymnazo, uh, gymnazo. It's the same word where we get our word for gymnastics or gymnasium. So the idea is that your spiritual training, your training in godliness, your training in your character needs to have the same level and intensity that your training in a physical sense would have. I've had a a great experience in in my life um, to have lived with some great athletes, um, and uh, uh, one of those was when I was uh, in uh, in law school down at UT. I lived with six UT swimmers, right? So I'm at the University of Texas, which is you know one of the premier uh, swim programs in the country, uh, and six of my roommates were swimmers. One of them uh, went on to become uh, the captain of, of the U.S. swim team uh, in the Atlanta games. And so I got to be around some, some great athletes. And what was amazing was the amount of just discipline, uh, intensity, and focus that those swimmers had in their particular program. The amount of hours that they put in. L- literally, they would swim six hours a day, right? Which was amazing. They would also have to eat. And just, just to understand I've read a little report, you know, said that like a college football player needs about, you know, 3,500 uh, to 4,000 calories a day. A swimmer needs to consume over 10,000 calories a day because, because they're swimming for six hours a day. And so just that idea that every aspect of their life, they can't just be focused on being a great swimmer in the pool. They have to focus on being a great swimmer when they're eating as well. Because they have to put enough calories in their body that their body is going to consume when they're in the pool. And that's the idea that I really want to explore when we're talking about training for manhood. It's not just making the right decisions at the right time. It's about developing yourself and putting the right things into your life that help you so that when that time in the pool comes, you've got the energy, you've got the calories that you can expend. You've got to begin to do that training so that you can be prepared That's what this program is going to be about, is the target audience, as I said earlier, is about those guys who desire to be men. Those males who are saying, hey, I want to develop the muscles of manhood uh, and I want to begin to put those things into practice. I want to begin to have the fruit of manhood that grows in my life because I'm, I'm a tree that has grown and I'm beginning to produce those things that we call manhood and those principles that we can begin to see. I think about that final line, going back to that poem by guest. He says, when you are kind and brave and clean and fair to all and never mean... When there is good in all you plan, that day, my boy, you'll be a man. That day, that day that you're kind and brave and clean, that day that you're fair and never mean, it doesn't just happen. Character isn't developed overnight. You don't just wake up tomorrow and say, "Okay, I'm going to be a man today because I'm going to be nice. Well. Today, you're going to be nice because you begin to put in the practices that develop a character where you're kind to other people, right? Where you begin to learn to love other people. And that comes from a journey that you're going to go on. So the foundation for this, uh, again, not all males will be men. This journey um, isn't for everybody. If you want to be Peter Pan and you want to stay a boy uh, your entire life, um, you're going to be annoying to a lot of people around you. But that's your choice. But if you're a guy who wants to be a man, if you want to grow up and you want to mature into manhood, uh, if you want to begin to put a training regimen together, just like you would at, at a gym, we're going to begin to talk about those principles uh, where we can begin to develop the, uh, the muscles of manhood. And we're going, to, we're going to explore those things in the weeks to come. And I hope that you'll join me on this journey because I'm really looking forward to it. Appreciate you.
0: Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training4manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.